Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Are we live? We're live. Like awesome. Memorex. Yes. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm doing pretty good. I came back from Hawaii and it was fantastic. I know. Yeah, we, had, we had the best time. You're glowing. I it's know. so great. I know. I'm glowing from the inside out. And you're back to rainy Oregon. Yep. Pouring down rain just as I left it. Thanks, Oregon. <laughs> so great. So uh, I'm excited for our story today. Me too. I was really, when you said the the word of what we're doing, I was like, yes. The word. Do you want to tell the audience what the word is? Grease. Grease oh. <laughs> is the word, is the word that you heard. It's got groove, groove. It's got meaning. You tell them. You tell them. Okay. It's reincarnation yes past lives past lives i like this because like i told you i've been watching a lot of youtube videos of near-death experience survivors and yeah what they saw and so i'm really kind of getting into this freaky dicky shit it's really kind of fun it is cool you know i became fascinated by reincarnation when i read the book a long time ago many lives many masters by brian weiss it's a classic so good yes but one issue i always hated and, uh, you know, this was in my upbringing of church and everything was just the unfairness of someone to have their life cut short yeah. before they got to experience all the things that this life has to offer. Yeah. And to me, um, you know, reincarnation helps explain how some people had these enormous talents and knowledge for things that just didn't seem to align with their upbringing, education, or family genetics. Yeah. But one of the things I always had a problem with was, you know, well, if everyone's reincarnating and the population is growing, where are all the new souls yeah, coming where from? where are these people from, right? And how does this theory fit with the Christian religion? Mm -hmm. Well, in short answer, it doesn't. Okay. In light of, you know, the Christian beliefs reincarnation is only mentioned briefly in the book of Matthew, where people accused John the Baptist of being the reincarnation of the former prophet Elijah. But in regard to the question of population growth, I've had it explained, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this, that these souls um, are actually incarnations of entities from those who lived on other planets. So mm. that kind of helps, you know, that makes sense with the population growing. Another alternative theory I've heard is that possibly old souls are splitting to have multiple experiences, you know, to increase their learning more quickly. And I was thinking about that, you know, that would really mess with you. You know, if you split yourself into like a Buddhist monk and then simultaneously a junior high school teacher. Right. Oh, wait, yeah. hold on. That actually would make sense. <laughs> I think that would saying. actually help you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, for one, would love to have the experience of writing my name in yellow after a snowstorm. <laughs> you know, I'm all for it. Is that the monk um, or is that the junior high no, school? No, no. <laughs> that, that's uh, any male any I male, hear. I any know. male. It's amazing the things that they get to do that we don't. I know. I know. Not, not and vice versa for them. <laughs> yeah. So if you think of Earth as a school for learning and experience, experience for the soul's growth and you know evolution then it is p impossible 
to just have a complete understanding of situations and experiences in just one lifetime. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Absolutely. You know, um, Henry Ford used to be, um, well, uh, he's dead now, but (laughs) (laughs) Henry, Henry Ford became a believer in reincarnation at the age of 26. And he said, quote, work is futile if we cannot utilize the experience we collect in one life in the next. And when I discovered reincarnation, it was as if I had found a universal plan. Time was no longer limited, and the discovery of reincarnation put my mind at ease. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, and this is one area where, surprisingly, a lot of research has been documented. Yeah. Many skeptics believe these experiences, especially when you hear past life um, regressions or reaccounts from adults, are false memories stored in the subconscious mind, linking together things that create a story, which then the person starts to believe using it as a coping method for perhaps explaining troubles in their life or phobias or addictions. But, you know, I remember when we learned how to do past life regression in Mm -hmm. hypnosis class. Yeah. And that to me was a really very interesting experience. So yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? So for those people who don't know, past life regression is a technique that uses hypnosis and guided visualization to stir up memories that might link to a past life. And in our training that we had for, you know, a couple of days, we were um, dedicated to learning this method of past life regression and then practicing it on each other. Right. And I don't know if you recall this, but my first attempt to do this regression was such a disappointment to me. Um, this regression was kind of a visualization process that led us down these stone steps into a long hallway ending in a large door where we were led to open the door and then step into our past life. Yeah, and I remember that. I could not fully open this door because behind it was a huge hungry lion who blocked my way out. Oh, really? And I was just so frustrated by that. I felt it meant I didn't have any past lives to see. Yeah. Um, but our teacher cat kept encouraging me. She was like, no, you, you have past lives. Keep trying. And I do feel like in my later attempts with the class, I did have past life experiences. One really resonated me with me where I drowned because um, growing up, I've had a rational fear over deep, dark water, you know, where I can't see the bottom. Uh-huh. And I've also had almost near-death experiences with water like three or four times now. Yes, you've talked to me about this In before. my life. So I feel yeah. like that past life is probably very authentic. Um, But yet the other ones I was kind of viewing or talking about didn't really resonate at all with me. And so I'm just not, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm just not sure if a lot of it was my imagination. Yeah. What is is your take on that? Um, When we did it in class. Yes. I did remember, well, no, I don't want to say I remembered, but my brain kind of went and I got information and I'm like, I don't know if I'm making this up in my head or if I actually am. Yeah. Reflecting on a past life. It's been a topic that I think we're confident we're going to revisit because there's so much information on this and stories of people having, um, you know, recalling their past experiences that are just really hard to explain. They make no sense how they would get this information. And I feel the most authentic of all the ones that I've read about and that deserve serious consideration are the spontaneous recalling of kids 
I know. Um, Kids are huge in the reincarnation. Yes. They do remember shit. It's amazing. Especially, you know, with the ages of three to five. That seems to be the key age. Yes. Ian Stevenson, a reputable and leading expert on reincarnation, was head of psychiatry at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Back in the 1960s, Dr. Stevenson investigated reincarnation cases from until you know, the 1960s when he was there to his death in 2007, he in total researched over 2000 cases. Wow. Um, and these were worldwide. He would physically research each claim and then seek out the details stated to prove the accuracy of the child's statements. Right. In his book called 20 cases suggestive of reincarnation, a high incidence of the claims involved violent death. Huh, interesting. So Ian Ian believes that due to the extreme emotion and trauma, the memories are much easier to remember. And it seems that the intervals Mm -hmm. between reincarnating again is sometimes as short as nine months and oftentimes less than that Mm -hmm. when you've had a violent death, which is really interesting to hear because to me that maybe suggests the soul doesn't actually inhabit the fetus until later development in the womb. Interesting. I have some thoughts that I'll share with you on that a little bit. Okay. Okay. There also seems to be carrying out of karma, he said, which is transferred into the new life. That's why they have to reincarnate so fast when they've had a traumatic death. Yep. Um, The other thing he says is a lot of these kids, when they have that, also carry over birthmarks Mm -hmm. and previous physical deformities. Yep. That's right. And from all the cases he's researched, he has found, this is astounding, 90% accuracy in verifying the details. That's being matched good. to the physical mm. places, the people, the items the child recalls. Yeah. And his investigations have involved every culture. So even cultures that don't believe in reincarnation. Right. Yes. His findings were so highly regarded that they appeared not in omni magazine or new age you know journals no they were published in scientific journals and university press documents damn that's pretty good that's legitimate that's taking it it very seriously is like oh okay right one thing that i think separates him apart from other people who research this is he wanted to make sure he could disqualify any other explanations for his findings yeah he wanted to make sure there was no communication from other family members who possibly would have knowledge of what the child was saying mm-hmm. and to also eliminate any possible exposure that that child had to information right. that he could have collected for his memories yeah and you know there's some cultures who do embrace reincarnation already so they've already had some protocol for finding, you know, their departed relatives, incarnating in a new life, like that, that's what they do. Yeah. I find that absolutely horrifying. Yeah. I don't want to know if my daughter is the reincarnation of my dog, Skippy, or my long departed <laughs> Uncle Earl. <laughs> but this is really normal in other religions. You could throw a bone and yeah. see if she goes yeah. after it. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely uh. like your barbecued ribs. Uh, but, you know, this is a really normal thing in other religions. Right. And um, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, my sister-in-law told me the Dalai Lama is chosen uh, by having a search committee go out. Shoot, I did. Him. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Go uh, ahead, go ahead. So the yeah, so the Dalai. You'll yeah. probably add more to this. The okay. Dalai Lama is chosen by having a search committee go out. Yes. and look for a young child. Yep. 
who recognizes personal items yes. and specific things and events yep. of the recently deceased Dalai yes, Lama. that's correct. Sorry, Holly. It's okay. No, do you I want, go, I go do into I need... a little more detail okay. than that, but that's, yeah, that's, yes. In subsequent research and other conclusions, it was found that after the child reaches six or seven years old, an amnesia takes place over these past life memories. Right. The child loses most desires to retain or identify with a past life. Yeah. Egos starts to come in and take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I came across a story in a book by Truths Hardo called Children Who Have Lived Before Reincarnation Today. Mm -hmm. And this one's really curious because this three-year-old boy solved his own murder from a past life. Wow. This boy um, who was from the Golan Heights mountain range was born with a long red birthmark on mm. top of his head. Okay. And just as soon as he began to talk, he started to tell everyone he'd been killed by an axe to his head. Oh, wow. Cute. Um, and because many of his family members already believed in reincarnation, the boy was taken around the village and outside regions to see if any specific area you know, was familiar. Right. Well, once he found a certain village, he ha all of a sudden had this sudden knowledge of exactly who had killed him. And he pointed out a man and asked him his name. The boy then said to him, I used to be your neighbor and we had a big fight where you killed me with an ax. <gasps> of course, you know, the man got super pale and he started to deny it. But the boy told him he knew exactly where he was buried. Oh, wow. And so the police were led Busted. to a, yeah, so the police were led to a pile of stones where then the body was found buried underneath it and, sure enough, an axe wound to the head. Yep. Not only that, but the boy also knew where the killer had buried the axe. Oh, wow. Pretty good. Yeah. So once that point of discovery was made, the man then finally, you know, who was accused, confessed to the crime. Yeah, right on. Isn't that remarkable? That's pretty amazing. It is much harder to find spontaneous past life memories of children in the United States because in our culture, most parents disregard the sayings of their little ones thinking... Right. Imagination. Yeah. yeah. It's just an imaginary friend or just nonsense. And how many of us put our little toddlers in front of the TV all day for Absolutely. babysitting? Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. So some parents started to discover, though, that some of their young toddlers were expressing details of 9-11. Oh, wow. So these details, they started taking very seriously. And yeah. this story um, that I'm ready to share with you was told by several media outlets. Okay. Riss White, who has been, you know, retelling reincarnation stories all over on the web since about 2018, became very interested in it when her own young daughter, age four, started to describe her past life working at the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. According to White, on September 11th, 2018, she was looking at news articles and memorial pieces about the 2001 terrorist attacks when her daughter all of a sudden seemed very interested and pointed to an image of the North Tower saying, Hey, Mom, I used to work there. Oh, wow. When her mother asked her when that was, her daughter replied that one day she was working and suddenly the floor got really hot, so she stood up on her desk. She then said she and her friends tried to open the door but couldn't go out, so instead she jumped out of the window and flew like a bird. Oh, yeah. So oh. White said her daughter had never seen photographs before. Probably didn't even know 9-11 She happened. swears she hadn't heard anything about the 9-11 attacks, but this is really hard to verify yeah. because, you know, it's not enough details to really verify with a per another person there. Mm -hmm. And, 
there is so much every year that's put out on the anniversary of 9-11 mm-hmm. but it's still very unsettling yeah. and remarkable if it's true yeah. so huh. i found another one um a little boy named Cade started having nightmares around the age of three and he would scream about planes crashing into buildings huh. he also um started describing a statue of a lady and a broken leg He was often found drawing pictures of two skyscrapers with a man falling down from them. When asked by his parents for more details, the boy said he worked on the 110th floor. He remembered his old name, Robert Pattison. And he could see... Robert Pattinson? I know. Yeah. I was like, oh. the actor? Yeah. Like, no. (laughs) Very close. What's Um, weird is that Robert Pattinson was in the movie... Um, where he died in about the 9-11 terrorist 9/11. attacks. Yeah. Remember and me or something. He was. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Very synchronistic. Yeah. Maybe um, he resonated with an actual person from yeah. 9-11. But huh. yeah, that's interesting. So when asked by his parents for more details, the boy said, you know, he worked on the 110th floor and he remembered his old name as Robert Pattison. He could see the Statue of Liberty from his office window, which would mean he worked in the North Tower. Okay. He also said that he was a veteran of the U.S. Air Force. And on that day, the roof caved in over him and he could not make it to the stairs. Mm. On further research, they found all those details matched with former Robert Pattison, a victim of 9-11 terror attack. Really? And yes, he was a former veteran in the Air Force. Wow. And he worked in the North Tower. Wow. So that one to me, because they could verify all those details, to me was very credible. Yeah, that sounds credible. Thomas now, uh, the son of Rachel Nolan, was four years old when he started to recall that he was a firefighter. He had been able to talk for about a year. Mm -hmm. And it all started when he was asked, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm. And he exclaimed that he didn't want to be a firefighter. Again, because he's been that and he is a firefighter and wants to do something different. Yeah. She thought he was just playing a game when he would check behind walls with an axe to see if there was a fire. (laughs) Now, I'm assuming this was a plastic toy axe he would be using. No, he has a real axe. No, yeah. Um, It's next to the loaded gun in the living room, safe. He he wanted to be a real fireman. Yeah. But one day um, he saw a picture of the World Trade Centers and said that bad men burnt those buildings and he couldn't help. And they were waiting for firefighters, but he could not get in there to help them. Mm. He also described details of the model of the Manhattan fire truck that was used. Wow. A Ford Johnson R8. Did he call it a Ford Johnson R8? He didn't, but he described it perfectly that it matched the actual fire truck. Okay. That model. Yeah. Nobody in the family was a firefighter. Yeah. They had no friends that were firefighters and they had no knowledge of these details. So it really stunned them. Right. So those were kind of my uh, stories on reincarnation. Yeah. What did you those are uh, good. Those find? Are good Thank you, Holly. Well, I did a little bit of a different take. I actually, uh, when I was researching this, I came across a woman on YouTube named Christina Lopes. She calls herself the heart alchemist. And essentially she provides spiritual advice, life coaching, stuff like that. And she had some videos about reincarnation and how it works. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how 
they say reincarnation works in the spiritual realm, according to this lady, which I'm assuming is, um, this is weird. My phone's trying to listen to me. Stop it, Siri. Go away. It's collecting information it's for your next life. Creepily listening. <laughs> they did that little swirly thing where it's like, yes. And I'm like, no. It's okay. going to now sell you books on reincarnation. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> So, yeah. So anyway, she had a whole like diagram about uh, reincarnation. So I listened to what she had to say and I took that information and I put it into my story. And of course, I have a link to her video. If you guys want to watch it, we'll put it in our notes. So she said that our soul is this huge stream of consciousness. And just like you had touched on earlier, it's experiencing multiple lives at the same time. She described it like an octopus. There is a main hub mm -hmm. and the octopus is, that's the octopus head and each of the legs are tentacles of a different life. So are some of us um, just having eight lives then? For yeah, she basically is saying we are, octopus. our soul is like splint, splintered and we are having different experiences all at the same time, different lives. That ex explain so, my crazy dreams. I yeah. Have. <laughs> and I kind of, my theory is that when we dream at night, we're, we're going to another life that we're living maybe right now as well. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's weird. Sometimes the people in your life are the people who are in this life right now. And sometimes mm -hmm. you're with people you don't know. Um, so the soul, like you said, is having all of these lives in order to evolve. It's supposed to learn and grow and heal and evolve. And that's kind of the whole point of us being here. Mm -hmm. um, she said that um, one main reason that we cannot remember our past lives typically is because when we are reborn, and let's say we're reborn with all this knowledge of our past lives, then we already know how the world works and how to do things. So we won't learn a new way of doing things. And that's the point of not remembering is you're supposed to be able to try something completely different. Yeah. And we're not and, supposed to repeat our and, past. Right. Because you're trying to evolve. So you're supposed to have different experiences that evolve you in a different way. So let's say your last life, you were born in had a lot of money and yeah. you never had to work very hard. Well, your next life, you're probably going to be born at a lower run of the ladder and you're going to have to work your ass mm -hmm. off. Like you're going to have these various experiences so that you can grow and understand what it is to have all these different perspectives. Right. Right. So she also said that you can access your past lives when your soul is ready for you to heal something from your past, but it will not reveal anything until you are ready to face it. Hmm. So she said that's one of the things that we're here to do is that we have to heal unresolved trauma from our past lives as well as we're learning and growing in our new life. A lot of the people who do uncover like phobias and fears they yes. had in a yeah. past life once they've discovered that connection, yeah. they are able to be healed yes. from that and move past it. And she it. talks about that. Some people have situations where they just can't heal something and then they address it in a past life and it goes away. So it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Um, so for me, in terms of past lives, I was told by a psychic that I had a past life where I lived and worked in Hollywood. I was actually originally from Spain, I think. And were you a singer? No, oh. <laughs> I no, I think I was some kind of an artist or something, oh. but I apparently was real slutty. I was super <laughs> handsome. I was a dude and I was like really like um, very like ladies man. And so anyway, I moved to L.A. To Holly make was it, a player. <laughs> I was a total player. player. Ladies, how you doing? So anyway, <laughs> I moved to L.A. and I got a job working on movie sets. And I think I was trying to figure out how to work as an artist in film or something. That's what I was doing there. Anyway, she told me that what happened was um, on the movie set, there was an accident. 
somebody was in a car and they ran me over. Oh, wow. And that's how I died. That's how I passed. Do you have any um, injuries on your body? Yes. Like birthmarks and stuff? Yes, I do. <gasps> I have a big red round birthmark right here in my forehead. So part of me wonders if when I was hit, they hit me right in my head. Like you know what? I've never crouched. noticed that before. It's faded over time. But when you look at pictures yeah. for me as a child, as a baby, it's very very noticeable. So um, I don't know if I was crouched down and then the car, she said I was working in camera or something and maybe I was crouched down and that's where the car hit me. So what's interesting to me though about her telling me this was that um, I've had dreams about being in LA that are so real that I swear I was there. Like so detailed. I could feel the humidity in the air. I could feel the sunshine on my skin. I could taste the air, like the salt water in the air. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember walking down the street and going to this area where there were little shops and I'm like, everything was so crystal clear that when I woke up, I was a little disorientated. Like I had been out of my body and I had been visiting myself in Los Angeles. Like part of my soul was still living there. Wanted to go back and or revisit. wanted, wanted mm -hmm. to go back. Um, so yeah, I think there's something about that because I did, you know, in this life live in LA for a little bit of time, but, um, just the, the, that type of a dream where everything's visceral, you feel it, the sensory experience of it. That is unusual. I don't have dreams like that very typically. And so for me to have that dream and, and the psychic told me about this past life, 20, yeah. 15 years ago, probably. And I had this dream maybe the last year or two. So it's been a long time, but there was something about, was I revisiting a past life? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was walking down the street, was looking at, I remember going to this one store and they had a mannequin outside with sunglasses hanging. And I was looking at the sunglasses thinking I might buy them. Um, it had a tag dangling off and the woman didn't want me to touch the sunglasses. Like, oh, wow. I mean, it was really detailed. It was just like being alive. Maybe I've lived yeah. in LA before. Maybe this dream was a memory of living there. That's they, what I'm wondering. They do say that, um, when you have repetitive dreams of a certain place. Yeah. And I've had lots of LA dreams. And I've had a lot of them. Yeah. Or an obsession in your dreams or even not um, yeah. to a specific culture or yeah. country, that is a sign that you may have had a past connection there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's true. So she might be right. She might be right that I have lived there before. Um, so yeah, I did have that birthmark. That is crazy. So this Christina Lopes goes on to say that your soul plans your life before you're even born. Um, it creates soul contracts with the family that you're born into and the people you're going to meet along the way during the course of your life. Mm -hmm. She said that when the physical body is actually in utero, that the soul, and this is kind of getting back to what I think you had touched on earlier, the soul will step in and out of the baby's body to program it and get it ready for birth, but also just to make sure the baby still wants to be there. So basically... I think she's alluding to the fact that when she said, basically, there's a plan for your life. Now, when you're born, you do your best to make that plan happen. But most people don't like you. Most people miss the mark. And so when the baby's in utero, the soul is like, OK, you're getting ready to launch. Are you sure you're still ready to do that? And then, you know, the baby's like, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's what she's alluding to there. Our goals in life are more like markers that we're trying to hit. And there's definitely been times in my life where I'm like, okay, 
I was meant to have this experience. I was meant to meet this person. I was yeah. meant to be at this place. And do you have deja vu when you have that? It's not so much deja vu as it is um, a, like a really good example would be very strong intuitive gut check. Mm-hmm. Like when I moved, when I went to U of O for school, I we were me and my my friend were looking for an apartment and we were walking all over town looking at all these apartments yeah and when we walked into the one that we got i'm like this is it this is where i'm supposed to be you just knew i knew and then when we got in there we moved in there um i was in the kitchen uh doing the dishes one day and i knew there was something coming into my life that's going to change it and i was right my next door neighbor was my first boyfriend and it was like one of a big heavy romance and yeah that was a life changing but my intuition was like here's what's going to happen to me that was a destiny checkpoint yeah there's been a couple of those throughout my life where there's been these big destiny checkpoints and i'm like oh i knew my gut was like you need to be here you do not leave like there was one job i was supposed to leave and my gut's like you're not supposed to leave so that brings me to if you pre-plan your life are you of the belief or is this person of the belief that everything in your life is pre-planned or just certain like key points that you're really wanting to experience in life is already set for you she basically says there is a schematic of your life that your soul wants to experience while it's here Mm -hmm. but you may not hit all those points because the world is its own thing and you can get knocked off course anytime yeah, I'm knocked off a lot, I think. I I think I've been knocked off. I think I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think I'm meant to be where I'm right where I'm at and have the people in my life who are. But now, did I experience everything that I was supposed to? Probably not. I don't think I did. But I think I'm back. I feel like I'm in harmony with where I should be. But I know, I know I've been knocked off the course before. Yeah. And I've, I've always kind of felt like if you're knocked off and you're kind of like not quite on it, that's when you get key events happening to put you back yeah on that especially path. if it's something you really don't want to miss or it's a big thing mm-hmm. like the world can kind of push you back in there and um so yeah she's essentially saying that um you're you have a plan and a purpose you're trying to fulfill and sometimes you succeed sometimes you don't it's okay like the soul knows it's okay you've got plenty of chances to come back you've got plenty of chances to get it right it's not that big of a deal. There's just, there's no real certainty when you get here because you're going to make choices that maybe aren't the choices that keep you on your path, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So she also said the soul works over time when the baby is in utero um, as it is able to communicate easily with the baby because it is in the water in the womb and that water acts as an electrical current of psychic energy that the soul can work through to program the child. She says it takes a long time for the baby to get programmed. And this person who's saying all this, she's getting her information psychically? I or how is she getting I think this she's information? she's studied stuff. For a long time, and That's, she's kind of come to her conclusion. I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, and then she says the body has to be programmed by the soul quite a bit. Um, she also said that the soul can work easier with the baby because there's no ego built yet. And that when the ego comes into the body, when the kid gets a little older and the ego starts showing up, then it's much harder for the soul to communicate and to keep the person on their track because the ego comes in, which is, you know, 
that part of our brain that's like, no, don't do that. That's not the practical mm-hmm. decision. Don't do that. That's, you know, you need to look out for this. And because we listen to that brain so much, the soul can't get into our thought processes easily because that ego kicks it out all the time. Yeah. So that I thought was pretty interesting too. It makes a lot of sense. Um, that would, you know, a lot of people will shun relationships because of money. Mm-hmm. Well, money is the ego and then they'll let go of the relationships is just probably what they need in their life for their soul. So it makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, she also said that after a person dies, it can take a while for the person to cross over. She said it can take as long as a week to cross um, or even longer if you're like an old ghost haunting a building. I guess they just don't want to cross over. She said during the process, all of the information that is stored in your body of what you experienced and learned here on earth gets pulled out of your body as well as your energy field and reabsorbed by the soul as information. Once this process is complete, your soul is ready and it crosses over. Um, she said, you're never alone when you die. She said, you are surrounded by angels and spirit guides and lost loved ones from your, from your past. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, after your soul passes, you go into a soul review so you can see what you learned. And if you came somewhat close to what you had planned to do before you were born, did you complete your mission? And whatever was kind of left, like whatever experiences you didn't get to have maybe rolled into the next life. If your soul's still on that interest of that path. Yeah, because not everybody wants to reincarnate, right? So some people just, I mean, is it their choice? She says, well, um, I don't know if she talked about choices about it. Actually, I think she did say some people maybe don't reincarnate. But she says there can be a very short time amount of time between someone dying and being reborn. And there can be decades or hundreds of years, thousands of years between reincarnation. And I've heard that like a lot of times souls will wait if they're part of a soul group they want to reincarnate with. And yeah. so they're going to wait until for that person's time comes yeah. for them to then yeah. come. It's very strange, the it's, whole thing. Yeah. Oh, this is the other thing that I thought was interesting. She said that we are here also to heal. Um, she says that your soul will assess if you were able to heal things from your past because as you heal, your soul becomes lighter, which helps with the evolution process. She says, and I quote, the soul can only go as high as it drops weight, end quote. So you need to work through your past traumas in order to lighten the soul so it can evolve even further. So that's part of what we're hmm. doing here. We're learning and experiencing, but we're also healing our past traumas so that our soul can lighten up and go to the next level of evolution. That basically, that's how the whole process works until you're ready to re- be reborn. You, mm-hmm. you start your life process planning again, and then you go into utero, you're born, you live, you die. And you go through the whole thing all over again. So that joy, was interesting. Yeah. joy, joy. So, so <laughs> I kind of was thinking about, there's a lot of really cool, interesting reincarnation stories out there, but there I kind of stumbled across that one about the Dalai Lama, which you had brushed on earlier. Um, so here's the story I got about the Dalai Lama we have right now. Um, in 1933, the last Dalai Lama died and the hunt for his reincarnated soul began. So all the llamas got together and, it's so funny when I say llamas. Yeah. I think of a bunch of llamas. I always think of like, yeah, <laughs> like the, the llamas and, the, yeah. you know, the nice wool that comes from yeah, them. Alpacas. They're, so they're so cute. Um, so they got together to kind of search for the child of which he would be reborn into. And so before death, the Dalai Lama will leave like notes, apparently indicating places and people that he likes. Uh-huh. And those are possibilities for where he'll be born or what family he'll be born to. 
So they kind of keep that on deck. And after they pass, then they consult with all the psychics in the area to see where they think he might be. And they use all that information to kind of figure out where they can look. Well, in 1935, there was a boy born to a family in western China in a very remote rural town, very small. And his name was Lamo Thondup. L-H-A-M-O. Not Lama? No. But um, but yeah, pretty close, right? Lamo. L-H-A-M-O. Thondup. T-H-O-N-D-U-P. So he was born to this family, and when he was about two and a half years old, he was really fascinated and wanted to travel to Tibet. Like, he really wanted to go to Tibet. He was very excited about Tibet, and his family was like, this is weird because we don't even know anything about Tibet. I don't understand. So he just kind of displayed just interesting characteristics. He was fascinated with Tibet. So word got back to the pack of llamas that it was time for them to come visit this kid, and maybe he's a possible uh, candidate uh, for, for Dalai Lama, yeah. right? So they go out there and um, they bring a bunch of stuff with them. Some of the stuff that they bring is stuff that the old Dalai Lama had owned. And so they put all these things out, these personal belongings and other stuff. And they say to the boy, can you pick out what the Dalai Lama used to own? And without hesitancy, he picked out everything correctly. Wow. He even pointed to some rosary beads and said, those used to be mine. Then they did a physical examination of him because there are certain physical markers that the Dalai Lama must have in order for him to actually be considered the reincarnated soul of the old Dalai Lama. He has to have certain physical characteristics. They had, he had to have rather large ears. He had to have upward curved eyebrows. He had to have moles in certain locations of his torso. And Carol, this is the craziest one. He had to have a conch shell palm print. So when they looked at his palm, you would see a conch shell palm a print. Conch shell. Conch shell. And when they looked at this kid, he had all of those things. So they were like, you're, you're our guy. And that's who we have today as our Dalai Lama. That's remarkable. I, I believe that, you know, birthmarks can be, you know, yeah. um, transferred from yeah. life to life. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know that about moles. Right? Yeah, and I thought that was kind of interesting. It could be it, birthmarks, it can be moles, it can be deformities. Yeah. Or deformities, yeah. or just like, I do know a lot of people think you will keep the resonance of your face uh, somewhat yeah. from life to life. You'll kind of look similar yeah. in some ways, yeah. um, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? So there's some other celebrities that believe that they have had past lives, including Sylvester Stallone. So he said his mother is a psychic and an astrologer, so I like her already, and also a subscriber to the ideas of past lives. He said he remembers being a French soldier and that he was decapitated via guillotine. Oh, my God. In that life. Yes. He claims the guillotine did not hurt when it cuts off your head. But you do feel your head hit the basket after it's dead. It's like the jumping frog. You don't know you're decapitated until yeah, until you're like, wait a minute. A few minutes later. Yeah. Why can't I feel my body? Yeah, it's weird. What is this basket I'm looking yeah. at? Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. That is so creepy. I know. He also remembers being a boxer and claims that he was killed by a deadly punch. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because he likes all the boxing movies right? like Rocky. Right. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. And there was one of them where there was a deadly punch that mm-hmm. almost took Rocky out. I wonder if he had, like, deja vu. I like know. That Maybe that's where he got his inspiration for that movie. 
Um, he also believes that he was a monkey that lived in Guatemala. Okay. No. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Nicks, of course, you knew she'd be on this list. Of course. Fleetwood Mac fame. Stevie Nicks believed that she was a monk in her past life as she spent a lot of time in old churches and she really liked being quiet. Um, so she feels very home in a church. Um, yeah. She also believes that she was decapitated because she has a weak neck and she finds her head very heavy to hold up. I don't know if that means you've been decapitated, but um, let's go with it. That's fine. Hmm. Um, Steven Seagal says that he was reincarnated and he can astral project, which explains why sometimes he shows up in my bedroom. And <laughs> 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 like, what is Steven Seagal doing here? It's so weird. <laughs> and then uh, Patrick Swayze believes that he and his wife were lovers in previous lives and that he had reoccurring memories of being a warrior and that he was killed in war. Okay, and this is where we go off the rails a little bit. Okay. John Lennon believed that he yes. was the reincarnation Jesus of Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> it's like, how big can your ego really yeah. be? Um, I yeah. heard that one, and yeah. I was like, no. He apparently, no, he pulled all the Beatles together yeah. and said, guess what, guys? Here's why we're so popular and famous. I'm Jesus Christ. I perform miracles. And everyone knows it. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Come on. He also believed that he and Yoko Ono had been lovers in previous lives. And he also believed that he had been Napoleon. Oh, God. And Yoko Ono had been Josephine, Napoleon's wife. And I'm like, dude, come on. You're not. You're you're a very talented musician. Yeah. But let's just calm down. <laughs> you do not have supernatural powers and you are not the leader of France. Come on. It's amazing how many people think they're famous people mm -hmm. in past lives. Right. That cracks me up. I know. Tina Turner believed that she had lived in Egypt in a past life and that she was a pharaoh from the 15th century, which is pretty cool. She even travels to Egypt frequently and feels like she really can recognize the place and knows where things are. So that's kind of fun. That is cool. Yeah. And then there's another video um, that I got from the most amazing top 10 with Lindsay Ivan. She said that a psychic named Sharon Prasad said that Princess Diana had been reincarnated into Prince George, which is Prince William's oldest son. And even Prince William has said that George reminds him of Diana. But, you know, Aww. that's his grandmother. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So I don't know if that's Diana or not. Um, so here's a fun, interesting uh, reincarnation story. There was a man uh, in Turkey. His name was Salim Fesli. He was shot and killed in 1958 by his neighbor. His family found him laying in a field with blood just oozing from his face. Ah. Yeah. It turned out Salim had been shot in his right ear, and some of the bullets from the shotgun blast had entered into his brain, which is what killed him. When they questioned his neighbor, the neighbor admitted to shooting him, but said he thought that he was just an animal crawling through the grass, and <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. Like, yeah. didn't mean to do it. No matter what, it's always an yeah, accident. Yeah. He did have to go to, to prison for a couple of years, but not too harsh because everyone believed his story. So a few months after uh, Slim died, a woman in a nearby village was in her late stages of pregnancy. She had a dream that a man named Salim Fesli, who was covered in blood, came to her. He told her he had been shot, but she shooed him away. After her son was born, she noticed that his right ear was deformed and small. Oh. Yeah. As her son grew up, he rejected the name that was given to him at birth, and he insisted that he be called Salim Fesli. When he was just four years old, he walked back to his old village, and he visited his wife, and he told her who he was, 
and gave her enough evidence that convinced her that he was indeed her reincarnated husband and this four-year-old boy. Um, When his children returned to the home, he too convinced them that he was their father. Isn't that weird? You've got this four-year-old saying, you better, I'm going to ground you if you don't. (laughs) Every week, Salem would walk to the nearby village to visit his old family, even though his new family was not really happy about it. No. (laughs) They were like, this is so wrong. This is so weird. Yeah. It's just like, we have to share our son with this other family. Right. And that he thinks he's, this four-year-old thinks he's married to this grown woman. That is so so bizarre. So one thing that Salem told them was the neighbor who had shot him had not done it by accident. He said that he shot him because the neighbor was angry that Salem let the donkey, his donkey, wander onto the neighbor's property. And the neighbor had said to him, stop letting the donkey onto my land. Well, that day, Salem had taken a nap in the grass and, of course, wasn't watching the donkey. And the donkey went and did his thing. The neighbor got pissed, grabbed his gun, shot him, and then spit in his mouth. Oh, which, according to Turkey what? tradition, was if you spit in the mouth of the person you shoot, they can't tell anyone who you are. Like, they can't utter your name. What an odd it's some weird tradition. I know. It's very strange. So, Salem hated this guy. And he was threatening him. He's like, I'm coming for you. I'm going to get even. And the neighbor was completely freaked out. And finally, a friend of Salem's sat him down and said, look, what's going to happen is you're going to kill that guy. He's going to reincarnate. He's going to come back and get you. You're going to reincarnate. And and knowing full well that this kid would believe that because he Mm -hmm. did believe he was a reincarnated soul. And so he's like, all right, fine. I won't do anything. So he didn't. So he broke the karmic pattern. I guess. Yeah. Mm. And eventually his wife passed away and everyone said that he grieved for her harder than her own children. He was so upset when she died because to him, that was still his wife. And in fact, there was a guy in the town that wanted to marry her and the kid was like, no, that's my wife. She's with me. That's just Back so off. wrong. That's just so wrong. So We're weird, not right? meant to remember. I know. I mean, that just causes all kinds of problems. I know. It's so weird. So anyway, I did, uh, when we talked about that show on Netflix, Surviving Death, I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about the reincarnation stories back then, but yeah. you did a really great job of covering um, kids and reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into it here because I okay. think we got plenty for the show, but um, anyway, that is my stuff on reincarnation. And then the other book I wanted to bring up, you had said Many Lives, Many Masters, which of course is a classic. Yes. Another one that I listened to on Audible was Journey of Souls by Michael yes. Newton, which is so another good. good one. Yeah. So good. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are two really good books for your beginning stages of really figuring Studying out what it, it all is. Yeah. And kind for of like- sure how they feel we reincarnate absolutely um and i'm still on the fence whether i believe in it but more and more what i'm seeing yeah is pretty unexplainable yeah like how did how are they able to do this and I, remember it and i think that's so impressive to me especially with listening to the kids the kids aren't gonna know that's a thing like i think with the kids yeah. that young um, to get a, a parent to sit detailed, them down and get yeah. them to remember all that and them not blowing it, mm-hmm. I don't buy that. I think the kids are genuinely remembering a past yeah. life. Yeah. 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 Well, I have something fun for us to do. Oh, okay. And our audience can do it too. Okay. Um, I found a reincarnation machine that will help you find out your past life. <laughs> cool. Of course, I believe our tarot cards could probably pinpoint it even better yeah and we'll we'll compare it okay so i've got the reincarnation machine from slate.com okay up here. put so in I'm... my birthday 
<laughs> look who I was. So Carol was Billy Burke. And um, who is she? An American actress who lived between 1884 and 1970. She is primarily known to modern audiences as Glinda the Good Witch. Of the I'm Northern Glinda Musical the Film Good Witch. Yeah, great. Yay. That's a good one. She was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance as Emily Kilborn in Merrily We Live. Yes, and scroll. And in between that, I lived life as a housefly for a day. Before that, you buzzed around as a housefly for a day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who you were. That's And then you were this guy, too? Uh, who cares Edward about Hanslick? Him? Yeah was a German bohemian music critic. Oh, yeah, that kind of fits with me. Oh, my me. God, this goes on forever. Yeah, it goes on for me, and it says I was a mushroom for a while, too. <laughs> so great. I Yeah, so okay. a lot of it's really fun. Let's see what your okay. past lives are. We can pick the most interesting. Well, who did you get? Amleto Giovanni Kikogani. Kikogani. No, that's definitely not you, because you wouldn't be able to pronounce your own last name. I know. Okay. What but is it, it says I died December 17th, 1973. Was an Italian cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. Ooh. He served as Vatican Secretary of State from 1961 to 1969 and dean of the College of Cardinals from 1972 until his death. Oh, boy. Okay. That's... I was also a housefly. You were also... For a day. No wonder. We're both houseflies. That's interesting. That's we so, much so in great. And also a guy named Paul A. Chadbourne, American educator and nat naturalist who served as president of University of Wisconsin. Oh. Oh, look at me go. Um, before that, you engorge yourself as a termite for four days oh, out God. after your life as Rufus Putnam, a colonel military officer during the French and Indian War. Wow. Isn't that cool? I like Linda the Good Witch better. Yeah, and you're like almost all male. And there's one, Elizabeth Stewart, Queen of Bohemia. Ooh. Heck yeah, girl. You get it. Oh, I you was Shakespeare. It. No, oh, you weren't. the only son of William Shakespeare. Oh, you were Hamnet. <laughs> I was Hamnet. I like writing, so that would make sense. Oh, I was a scorpion for 92 oh, days. Oh, Lord, you were a scorpion. This is actually a lot of fun. It is. You guys, it is so much fun. That's Check great. it out. That's great. And then uh, more seriously, let's do a, tarot. a card reading. Okay. And see. On what our past lives were? Yeah, just a quick one. Okay. We'll be right back. Bye. All right, we're back. We're back. Do you want to go first or you want me to? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. Um, so what I wanted to say too, I forgot to mention is people who are into astrology and know a lot about their chart. If you look at the North node and the South node in your astrology chart, you can look to your South node as your past life and your North node as what you're supposed to be doing in this life. Your, as your kind of a plan. clue. As your kind of a plan. clue. Yeah. Um, but I don't have time to go into that. And... I'm not an astrologer, but mm. here is a tarot spread I've done on my past lives. And I'm not too happy about it because I guess I was in banking in the past <laughs> life. I've got the 10 of pentacles. I had children. I have the six of cups and I was happily married because I have the four of wands. What deck are you using there? Oh, I'm sorry. I am using the gold foil tarot Ooh. and Fancy. I don't see a name on this. Is it the Rider Waite gold foil or is it something else? It's, I think it's the Rider Waite. There's not much information on this. Okay. I'll put, um, let's see, the Neo Rider Tarot Collection guidebook is what goes with it. But yeah, it's okay. a Rider Waite. Okay. Um, gold foil edition. You can buy it on Amazon. Sweet. What nice. about you? Well, Carol, I am using the Star Child Tarot Ooh. written and designed by Daniel Noel and given to me as a gift from my wonderful boyfriend okay Aww. 
the cards that I drew, they say one of the minor arcanas is crystals, which I think takes the place of pentacles in this deck. So I got the eight of crystals slash pentacles, queen of crystals slash pentacles, and the two of wands. So looking at the imagery at the eight of crystals, I feel like I once had a lot of different skill sets, but there was one in particular I focused the most on. And I'm really basing this most on the imagery of the card mm -hmm. when I'm looking at um, but I had an ability to make and generate some money. Um, I think that I was wealthy because the queen of crystals slash pentacles would be a yeah. woman of high wealth. Mm -hmm. Also, Carol, what do you also see in this image? Is there a lion there? It's a tiger, which tells me I was a cat person in that life, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was a cat person. And a night owl, and apparently, because the moon is out. I lived on my own planet, and I could watch yeah. the stars at night Perfect. or maybe all the time. Um, I was sexy hot because this girl's got long, flowing <laughs> blonde hair and a beautiful <laughs> dress on, and clearly I was hot. And um, it looks like there's some butterflies and shit. Like, I was pretty sexy hot, and I had some money. <laughs> um, so then... I also had the ability to do magic, I think. This is a two. Oh my god, I'm so jealous right now. And she's like hovering a stick no, in the air. I want the magic card. I know. And I'm looking at that going again, she's hot. And yeah. she's got she's got this ability to just do magic tricks yeah. or she's got magic going on for her herself. I should so have had that I was card. a wealthy magician. I was sex Glinda, goddess. the fake witch. <laughs> and you were the real witch. I was some old yeah, dude. No. <laughs> I, you had the much better reincarnation machine. So anyway, that's what I'm going to go with that. I was going to go with a sexy, hot, yeah. wealthy witch who knew how to do shit. I think that's awesome. Guys, I hope that you have fun with this and explore your past lives. If, if anything, it's great entertainment. It sure is. All right. That's it Talk, for us. See you next week. Bye. Bye. But I'd be curious to know if my future grandchild would be the Dalai Lama. <laughs> like, <laughs> you would kind of want to know that. Yeah, because yeah, there's probably some money in it. Because you'd have to give her up <laughs> to go live in a monastery. Right. That yeah. would be very unsettling. At a unsettling. very young age, they go yeah. at a very young age. That would not be good. Yeah. Which you had brushed a bond. Blah. So there's some other celebrities that believe that they have had past lives, including okay. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. He claims to remember four of his past lives. His yeah, mother strike that, Josh. I that's stupid. Of course, I heard of Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. <laughs> what a dork! What I meant to say well, is, I've heard his story of reincarnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Blah. Okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> you know, monetary possessions. You have, you know, that. I don't fucking know what I'm saying. He's a reputable and leading expert on reincarnation. Um, I'm going to say that over again because he's dead. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.